Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the show where we interview today's most inspiring and successful healthcare leaders. You know, if you like what you hear on the show today or you like what you hear in general, please go to iTunes and subscribe, rate and review the podcast. We always want to know how we're doing and also get feedback on the things that you want to hear more of, less of, and in general, how to help you improve healthcare outcomes through what you hear on the show. So without further ado, I want to introduce an outstanding guest. His name is Dave Chase. He's the co-founder of Health Rosetta Institute. He's an author, a speaker, and just an all-around amazing contributor to healthcare. What I want to do is, is welcome Dave to the show and have him round out that introduction. Dave, welcome. My pleasure to be on. Looking forward to the chat. Absolutely. And so, Dave, you've been involved in healthcare for quite some time. What is it that got you into the healthcare business? Well, initially, it was just being a young consultant getting put onto a healthcare client. It wasn't really a master plan, but they really liked the field and liked the people I was working with. And so uh, many years later, I'm, I'm still all in. I had a little detour away for a while, but came back in and have dived in deep. That's awesome. So, you know, hey, sometimes it just comes to you and it's, it seems like that's what happened. And it just was an area that you just decided this is a place where I can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And the more you dive in, the more you realize how much it affects really everything. You know, if you don't have health, you know, wealth doesn't matter and many other things. Totally agree so with it's, you. it's so foundational. No, I, I totally agree, Dave. And, and so, you know, you've done a lot. So my thought here is just kind of asking you, what do you feel a hot topic that should be on every medical leader's agenda and how should they address it? Well, I'll start and just be very provocative. Let's do it. And say, if you look at a lot of our healthcare system, you know, I was just recently talking with some sort of social impact investors a lot of them have done a lot of stuff in, in an environment. And so I used a sort of an analogy from that. I said, you know, a lot of the healthcare system is like a Superfund site. There's severe toxicity. There's medical toxicity. You look at the, you know, one of the leading causes of death is preventable medical mistakes. Mm-hmm. You look at the opioid crisis, the largest public health crisis since the 1918 flu pandemic. That's a crisis pretty much entirely of the making of the healthcare industry. There's, and there's workplace toxicity. You know, you've got record levels of suicide and burnout amongst doctors and nurses. So that's not great. And we've got financial toxicity, both a personal level, continues to be, have a devastating impact on people financially and at a government level. It's certainly a primary driver for budget challenges. So it's sort of a terrible analogy, but it's actually pretty descriptive of what's going on in terms of the level of toxicity. It's, it's not going to be just a minor tweak here or there that gets us out of this. Hey, Dave, so just a question for you. This is a great topic, right? This, this topic of, of making sure you have transparency in cost because costs are soaring. And you've got a, a, a new book out there, The CEO's Guide to Restoring the American Dream. How to better your organization's bottom line? What are some 
tips that you could give to the listeners that are CEOs of companies and helping their bottom line and, and helping them improve outcomes? Yeah, I think it boils down to, you know, at the top level, I would say there's the level of misdiagnosis is strikingly high in complex, expensive procedures from oncology to spinal. I mean, it ranges from 25 to 67% based on the studies that we've seen. And typical company, 6% of the employees are driving 80% of the cost if they're self-insured. And so that's number one. Number two is you talked about transparency. It it goes beyond price. Probably the biggest thing that we're driving is the lack of transparency in the way that the benefits and insurance industry operates. My partner in the health, Rosetta, he was a former securities attorney involved in defending people, you know, in securities fraud, including Enron. He's just stunned with the level of lack of disclosure and conflicts of interest. And then number three, can sort of circling up on the outcomes is primary care. You know, we've done virtually everything in this country to undermine primary care. And you can't have a a well-functioning system without a proper primary care system. And that's the sort of thing that it's not only great for the bottom line, and that, that tends to be the biggest driver for CEOs and CFOs, but the second biggest is if they want to have a high performance workforce, they need to have proper primary care that bakes in behavioral health and PT into it. A lot of times we get off on the right, wrong track. A lot of, you look at the opioid crisis, half the prescriptions are going to people with mental health issues and that's right. not the, the right path. So those things can lead certainly to cost improvements, but also have a high performance workforce by addressing mental health issues. I mean, I think it's, I hear 20 to 25% of people have some kind of mental health issue. It's increasingly destigmatized, which is important step in the process, but then you need to be able to do something about it. Yeah, for sure, Dave. And these topics you're bringing up are, are really crucial. And I think they line up pretty well with what you guys are doing at Health Rosetta. Can you dive in a little bit deeper and give an example of how you guys are, are really providing that, that transparency at, through Health Rosetta? Yeah. You know, we looked at it and I mean, I go back to the start of my career where practically the first rule I learned as a consultant was don't throw technology on top of a broken process or just mm-hmm. layer more stuff on top of a, a broken good one. process. And unfortunately, healthcare is riddled with throwing tech on top of a broken process. So we took a step back, a bunch of us, a bunch of doctors, others, and said, this isn't just a minor tweak, as I said. What is actually the optimal way to deliver healthcare. And so we came up with a framework we call Health 3.0 that's sort of a North Star. It's not like so, you know, Star Trek. It's really stuff that's actually already working today, but rethought from the, the ground up. When you, you know, even those of us who've spent a lot of time in healthcare, boy, it's really hard to get your arms around it. It's just kind of this tangled jumble of disconnected silos. And so what we did is like, what's actually the right way to organize healthcare? Yeah. And so we laid it out. It's actually in an appendix in the book. And then I think of the health Rosetta is sort of like the roadmap or travel tips on that journey to that health 3.0 vision. And so it gives organizations the ability to say, okay, here's where we're at. Here's where we want to go. We have some choices of what we want to do. Is this going to take us closer to that vision or actually put us backwards on that? And then the health Rosetta gets at things like, you know, just a very 
simple thing on the transparency side is not only transparency on the price, but a transparent price on a car. But if you get billed six months later for a transmission, isn't a real good deal. So it's, you know, a transparent bundled price in a safe environment with a great safety culture and, you know, for necessary procedures. You know, again, there's unfortunately a lot of overtreatment. You take some areas, there's pretty ridiculous levels of non-evidence-based overtreatment. So having transparency about the right treatment options, about the right options. A lot of times, you know, while people talk about rationing care, we tend to ration choices. Patients don't know the options available to them. Of course, they can't take them. So we work on some of those things, but I'll stop there. There's a lot more detail, of course, underneath. No, I, I love it, Dave. And, and, you know, you guys are really diving deep into this. And, you know, I think it's so cool that you guys went with this idea of the Rosetta Stone, just this guide to the listeners. If you've ever seen it, it's pretty cool. Everybody always thinks of the Rosetta Stone as the language translation service, but it's actually a, a stone that was found in 1799. You know, it's this huge stone with three different languages on it. I don't remember what languages there are, but it's basically the key that this culture used for centuries to help them get through some of the basics in in life. And I love that you guys went with this analogy, Dave. It's so applicable to healthcare because even, like you said, for the people that are in the system, the leaders, it's hard for us. You know, it's hard for us to stay on top of it. And so love that you guys went with that. I'm sure that that was kind of the intention behind it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, the shorthand I'll say is, you know, Egyptian hieroglyphics were indecipherable once upon a time. And the Rosetta Stone, there was, I think, some Greek characters, and I forget the third one, but it was like three languages essentially allowed them to kind of triangulate. And so healthcare is similarly indecipherable, you know, for a lot of people. And what I look at the way I view the world as a skeptical empiricist, you know, where I go out and we don't need to invent something new the basic thesis or, you know, or hypothesis was there's got to be people who've already cracked the code, maybe against their own financial interests in some cases. That's right. And let's find what's actually working and then figure out ways to codify it and scale it so that others and open source it basically. And so that was the thing we said, okay, we're going to go find out those people and put it out there. And we hope that, you know, in a sense, what's the king of the hill today? I hope it's not a year from now. Yeah. And, you know, in healthcare, we tend to be pretty bad at uh, sharing tribal wisdom. And so we're trying to break that down. You have things where it takes 17 years for some proven approach to get into common clinical practice. So we we want to really compress that. I think it's wonderful that you guys are doing this and um, kudos to you and your team, Dave, for taking on this this really huge moonshot of a project. And I think you guys are making a good dent into it. So, So kudos to you guys. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just exciting to see people actually tackling it. And we look at our failure scenarios, we only impact several million people. Obviously, we want to impact, you know, everybody, ultimately. But it's fun working with really, you know, forward looking people or just making it happen. And I put my family where my mouth is on this. I mean, I've got my folks in one of these health Rosetta type Medicare Advantage, great primary care settings. And boy, it's a godsend. I mean, it's tough, you know, going through my dad's case, he's got Parkinson's Mm. and, you know, that's a tough journey any way you look at it, but it would be a hundred times harder if we didn't have the right team that he was working with. And it actually is less expensive than what he was doing before. That wasn't the reason we switched, but boy, it's, it's really breathtaking when you see this 
operating in a full function and, you know, really letting doctors and nurses realize their full potential. A lot of times they're held back. Dave, so is this site something and this service, is it something that can be used by consumers and companies or is it mainly targeted at companies? Yeah, I would say it's really any healthcare purchaser. So there's nothing about it that is really or very little about it that's employer specific or frankly, even US specific. Gotcha. But, you know, you can't boil the ocean. That's a big thing we're biting off to begin with. Yes. And so we believe that the employer area is wildly under well, we're just not paying enough attention to it, given that it's, it's about 40, 45% of the spending, but I would guess it's two thirds or three quarters of industry profits. And you don't need an act of Congress to make changes there. And so in the right employer situation, they can be a source of innovation rather than just kind of a group that's frankly been kind of derelict in how they've been yeah. purchasing healthcare. Just but accept we wanna, what you get, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a thing that, and probably one of the biggest missed opportunities that we see is I think there's 22 million federal workers. They're employees too. They get benefits too. And, you know, while we're having, I think as we're recording this, there's another hearing, some so-called health reform effort. And um, it's like, hey, why don't we make these things happen? It's not like unproven stuff, but let's make it happen and test out what works, what doesn't. And then we can go from 22 million people plus other public sector workforces. And if you really make it work there, then you could extend it to Medicare and Medicaid and so on. And so we think that employer area is really undertapped as an opportunity. Yeah, that's fascinating. All right. So I, I have to ask, Dave, so you're also a producer. Yeah. You, you got a film out there, which is kind of like the big heist, but it's for healthcare. Well, it actually is called the big heist. It's like the big short. The big short, the big short. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, And so it's in development. So it's not, it's not out yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're working on that and we had a successful crowdfund last fall. And the good news is that brought in some good attention. And ultimately I now have a partner as a former Disney and Sony president. So he's helping chart that path. So So we were originally thinking kind of documentary, maybe mockumentary, you know, have something general reach. But at this point, we're going down the path of a a scripted film or series. Hmm. Yeah. And because, you know, it allows you to tell the story you want to tell. And so what we're really working through right now is how do you represent something that is a microcosm of the larger whole? And so that's, we've been doing a lot of research. There's some things around the opioid crisis that in some ways the opioid crisis is a microcosm of the larger dysfunction. And it's, of course, very topical. So yeah, we're doing a lot of research. The good news is we get it out there. We're going to reach a lot more people than a documentary. The bad news is it takes more time and money to get right, it out. Right. So we're looking at some shorter films, kind of more you know, documentary type stuff that might be 10 or 15 minutes. But right now we're saying like, we want to create a moment. And you look at great societal challenges that we've had, you know, been tackling over the last 50 years, still have work on them, but whether it's civil rights or better food or energy independence or climate change, if you look at those things, it's almost always media and film that create this catalytic event where there's been stuff going on in the grassroots. That's basically what we're doing right now with the Health Rosetta. And then at a certain point, you know, whether it's a Selma or whether it's a film, it kind of wakes up America and says, what's going on here? I want to do something about it. And so what we're cranking away on is when that comes out, whether you're 
a hospital CEO, a union leader, a faith-based leader, a social service leader, a PTA leader, we will have calls to action for all those folks. And our fundamental belief is that any great societal challenge that I can think of always starts bottom up in terms of how it gets solved. Now, eventually politicians will run to the front of the parade, but you need that bottom up sort of movement. And I don't believe that it can be done without a partnership between regular citizens and clinicians. Doctors a particular special role within that. I don't think either can do it on their own. So, you know, if you want to call it good news in air quotes, the good news is nurses and doctors are more dissatisfied than regular citizens because they're living it every day. Right. And so you have folks who are really already organizing those folks. You know, there's a, a friend of mine, Dr. Zubin Damania, that has this alter ego, you know, Z-Dog MD. <laughs> I love that guy. And he's yeah, great. And he's, he's a great entertainer, but he's a very soulful change agent. Yes. He's one of the guys who worked on the Health 3.0, trained at UCSF and worked at Stanford. I mean, not a lightweight by any means. And if you look at just his Facebook group, I haven't looked at it recently, but I think you're like two thirds of a million people, a lot of nurses. Mm-hmm. They tend to be very active on it. And so there's a lot of energy saying, look, no country's got smarter or more passionate nurses and doctors than us. And nobody's spending anywhere near what we're spending. That's right. We should expect a lot more. And there's every reason to go after that and make that happen. But it's not going to happen from the top down is our fundamental belief. No, I think that's a wonderful opportunity for you guys. And I'm excited. So whenever it comes out, how do we find out? Where do we stay posted? Yeah, well, if you go to either the bigheistmovie.com, there's a sign up there, uh, healthrosetta.org. There's sign up, you know, trust me, if you sign up for one of those, we'll let you know uh, <laughs> when it's out. And yeah, so there's, there's plenty of ways to stay plugged in or just follow me on Twitter, you know, LinkedIn, you know, any number of ways. No, that's really great, Dave. And I appreciate you sharing that. And and Outcomes Rocket listeners, you know, one of the things that that I want to share with you all is part of of what we do here is we bring to you those thought leaders in healthcare. And so you are the average of your five closest peers, whether it be the people that you spend time with or just plugging into the podcast here for a minute, stay plugged into the thought process of Dave Chase. Because some of the things that, that he's doing and creating are truly going to be just really changing, earth shattering and, and the things that we're doing in healthcare. So Dave, really appreciate you sharing your thoughts here. You bet. I appreciate it. And uh, as a little thank you to your audience and to you. If you go to healthrosetta.org slash friends, you can get a free download of the book. So I created a, a special awesome. link there. And uh, you know, you're free to get a hard copy if you want, but you can get the free download of the book and uh, see if it's worth reading. Hopefully it is. And uh, really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today. Uh, Absolutely, Dave. And so Outcomes Rocket listeners, be sure you take advantage of Dave's gift. He's definitely doing some really cool things and I encourage you all to keep up with what he's doing. So Dave, before we conclude, I just want to ask you to share one closing thought with the listeners and then the best place where they could get in touch with you or follow you. One closing thought. Fundamentally, it would be it's on us that healthcare is not going to get fixed from the top down. All of us have a role to play. I think just by virtue of people listening to your show, people have self-selected, like they want things to get better. Yes. And there are roles for everybody to play in this. And so definitely get out there. You know, Health Rosetta is one angle. There's many others. 
And it's going to take all of us to do that. So really encourage you to, to make that happen. And the best place for them to get in touch with you or follow oh, you? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I'm Chase Dave on just about everything. So Twitter, at Chase Dave, LinkedIn, Chase Dave. I mentioned healthrosetta.org before, but probably just about on any social thing or Gmail or whatever, Chase Dave is a pretty good bet. So yeah, that's a very accessible. You can Google my name. I'm not the Sopranos producer, um, <laughs> uh, but actually I own him on Google. So uh, he, he's a better filmmaker, but nice. uh, he's uh, not as good on Google. As there you go. So, uh, my little claim to fame. Top of the search results for Dave Chase. Yeah. No, that's great, Dave. So really appreciate you. And for the listeners, if you want any of the links that we've shared, including the, the free copy of his book or any of the links that we've discussed in the show notes, go to outcomesrocket.com slash Dave Chase, and you'll be able to find all of the info that we've discussed. Dave, really want to thank you for, for taking the time to being on the show. Oh, it's a great opportunity. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.